You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max. I'm back in the permanent command center, which means it's going to be nice and loud. Welcome to Locked On Seminoles. Drizzy, buddy, how are we? We're doing good, man. Doing good. We are officially Jordan Travis days away from Actually, no, we are 12 days away. We are Travis Hunter days away from kickoff. Travis Hunter days away from kickoff. And folks, what a great way to start it out. Let's talk some Travis Hunter. I'm watching... Jameis Winston lead the New Orleans Saints right now. He's the past. The future, though, is playing in Collins Hill, Georgia right now. Dude, what did that kid do this weekend? I think the better question is what didn't he do this weekend, bro? I think what was it? He's, what's crazy to me that he is the number one DB in the country, right? Except all most of his highlights yesterday were playing wide. He had, what, 13 catches for over 200 yards, and he also threw for a touchdown pass? It's absolutely absurd. The, the the kid's unreal. The kid is going to probably be the number one wide receiver and number one DB when it's all said and done in this class. Yeah, I don't understand, if I'm being fully honest, why they leave a position tag on him. Like, just make him an athlete and put him at number one overall. He, he plays literally every position, so, so I don't... I think that's because, like, when you see kids, like, termed athlete, like, on 247 recruiting sites, I think it's because they don't have a truly, like, defined position yet. They just play both, and they're decent at both. I think it's different with Travis Hunter, who he is literally a five-star blue chip number one at each spot. So maybe that's why they don't have really the tag on him. Maybe we should make, maybe we should make up some own, you know, little tag for him now. His tag is good as f- football. Like, that's the only tag he needs. He's just really, really <laughs> good at football. He's so good. <laughs> Folks, if you're not big into recruiting, go look up Travis Hunter. In fact, I remember, it's funny watching this game now, what got me into recruiting was watching Jameis Winston highlights. I promise he was the first time I'd ever, ever in my life, like, gone and watched a high school kid's tape before seeing him on the field at Florida State. And, like, I don't know, Travis Hunter, it's the same way. It's just incredible to watch the kid play ball. I mean, it's absurd. I mean, literally his entire – that one game against well, – I think it was against Brookwood. He had 13 catches, 232 yards, two touchdowns, threw a touchdown pass, also got a pick and a tackle for a loss. I mean, the only thing he's missing there, honestly, is a rushing touchdown and probably a special teams touchdown. That's probably – I don't know, man. It's just it's absolutely insane. That entire game is kind of like watching a real life – I don't know if you guys remember from like the early 2000s, the Hoops mixtapes with all the high school kids. Like That's exactly what I think would basically be his entire game this past weekend. What kind of touchdown do you think he won't score this year? And if you think he'll score everyone, what do you think will be the last kind of touchdown he scores? It's got to be like kickoff or punt return, right? Because that's just so difficult to do. I mean – Actually, no. I might say rushing touchdown. Do you think he'll actually like go like on a jet sweep or something like that? Because I think he's that dynamic of an athlete. And you see in high school like games a lot more where special teams touchdowns are a real thing. So maybe maybe a rushing touchdown might be the last thing he scores. My guess was going to be a fumble recovery touchdown because that's like the hardest one to score. I think. Yeah, and that's pure, that's purely luck based too. Now I wouldn't put that on any other kid, but he's so good. Like to have something to hold him to. I'm just like I want to see a touchdown. From receiving, rushing, passing. He's already done two of those three. Then I want to see kick return. Then I want to see punt return. Then I want to see pick six. And then fumble return for a touchdown. But let's get to the guys that are going to take the field. Let's talk about the scrimmage on Sunday night. The What was it? The 14th, 15th day of practice. Florida State decided to have a full-blown 11-on-11 scrimmage. 
Unfortunately, the media was entirely kept out of it. So it's just sources and sources and sources. And we're talking to people and folks, we do all the stuff you don't want to do so we can bring you all the info you want every single day here at Locked on Seminoles. We spend hours on the phone talking to people about Florida State football so we can bring it to you in a short, compact 30-minute package. But Drizzy, what takeaways are you hearing from the scrimmage right now? That a majority of, I think, frontline starters, like your big guys like Jermaine Johnson, Kier Thomas, Mackenzie Milton, which now him sitting on kind of like, to me, solidifies that he's the number one starter, that a lot of these big names didn't play on Saturday that much. Or they had maybe one or two snaps or sat out. I think the only person I think that we know is a starter that played is DLT. And that's more to me saying that he's trying to like rehab back from his injury. He needs more playing time, you know, like acclimated game speed. So that's kind of my main takeaway. Yeah, I I think that makes sense with DLT. I don't know if I'd say it solidifies Milton as the starter just because he's coming off of an injury. So load management is to be expected with him. If it were any other person, I'd agree with that take. But I don't know. I just... I don't know. So I, in fact, I'm, I'm kind of hearing that Travis is really coming a long way in the coach's eyes. I think we've talked about before where we didn't know what it was with Travis, but like I've always thought he was the opposite of James Blackman and must have just been absolutely horrid in practice. Like that's that's the only thing I could think of for why Tate Rodemaker started over him last year during that Jacksonville State game. And I think having a McKenzie Milton there is probably pushing him to practice a lot harder or clean it up or whatever the issue was because. I have to assume he was just not great at practicing last year. Yeah, I think with more with Travis last year, one, I think he was hurt to come into the year. I think he had a shoulder issue going in. That's why the main reason why I think they saw more of Tate. And you can watch enough film on a player, but until you see them like one-on-one, remember Norvell didn't come in here until December. So he didn't get that one-on-one like courtside seat to watch him play on the field until he got there and actually got healthy. Maybe that's more why Tate actually started over him because I think now also speaking of that too, like Chuba is ahead of Tate now for the QB three spot and also kind of pushing a little more. He's improving every single day, and but I think you're right with KZ is pushing him. But I think from from what I'm hearing, KZ is still the best passer out of every single person in that room right now too. Yeah, I I've never doubted that for a second. I think KZ is always going to be the best passer in that room. My contention is is that what the team needs right now? You know, we did an interesting case study this weekend or this week while I was at school, you know, and and the takeaway was basically you're only a good employee if your boss thinks you're a good employee, right? Like you can be the best at everything, but in the end of the day, it comes down to satisfying what needs to be satisfied, not satisfying what, you know, in your mind, you're like, well, this is what the job should be about. And when you have an offensive line that's phenomenal at run blocking comparatively or compared to their pass blocking that gets a little older, a little stronger, is heavy at the guard position, very light at the tackle position, and you've got some big guys like Jay Sean Corbin, DJ Williams that'll be great lead blockers. Well, do you want to rely on the run more than you want to rely on the pass? And therefore, does Jordan Travis's legs outweigh Casey's arm? Yeah, the I don't problem, know. The problem with that I just more have is like, if you have Travis in there and you go with that, you're going to know you're going to have a lot more run-based concepts. I don't think Travis a solid and consistent threat with his arm. I think with KZ, you kind of have a little bit of both, not to the same extent with his legs, because no one on the team at all, even the running backs, have the same legs and speed and like dynamic, dynamic ability with their legs as Jordan Travis. But I think with Mackenzie Millen, you're actually able to keep the other team guessing just a little bit more. So like that's where my stance is. Yeah, I don't know, man. We, we, will, we will see. I mean, again, it, time's going to tell for sure. I just I think that, I don't know, I, I think the gap between their legs is bigger than the gap between their arms. And um, but I don't think it's much. I think that whoever trots out against Notre Dame, I'm going to go, that makes sense, right? Like, I don't think, 
I mean, from what I'm hearing, at least it's at most a 55, 45 split oh, in either I, direction. I, like I legitimately think that right now it actually is hard to cut you off. I think it's like one, no, it's okay. It's one a and one B and Agreed. mainly because I think that Jordan Travis is, is that athletic. And I think his arm has improved. I like that's that's why I made that, that remark that I think Jordan Travis will have the most red zone touches or targets the entire year because I think you need to have him <clears throat> you need to have him in the situation. Sorry, folks. Sorry, right, buddy. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think you have two solid weapons at quarterback, and I think that I, I I'll put it this way before I tell the folks about the package I got today. I I don't think Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham, if you put a gun to their head right now, would be able to tell you who the starter is. If they were, you know, if the game wasn't right now, gun to their head, you have to pick your starter now. I think they'd say, look, Mike will go, I don't need Kenny that badly. All right. But I need to see a few more practices before I decide who my starter is. But folks, it's going to be hot at the Notre Dame game. You're going to get sweaty. We're dudes. It's what we do. Some women out there too. You guys sweat. I get it. It's not a, it's not a taboo subject, but I sweat a lot. Sweaty guy. In fact, I pretty much exclusively wear dry fit because... Your boy sweats. Unfortunately, I now have a partner to help me with my sweating. Partner made it sound like it was going to be someone else. It's not a person. It's Sweatblock. In all seriousness, before they started sponsoring the show, I found Sweatblock in CVS, and I was like, dude, it can't get any worse. I tried the clinical strength deodorant, tried regular deodorant. I was literally doing the clinical strength and then hitting it with a spray. Still not working. Sweatblock, game changer. It's a wipe. You take a shower. You hit it at night. Or I'm sorry, you hit it at night. Well, you can take a shower or not. It doesn't matter. Go to bed. You wake up in the morning. You shower it off. And for a week, you will notice a legitimate decline in sweat if you're like me. If you're not like me, well, only God himself can help you. Because if sweat block doesn't work for you, I, I don't know what to tell you. But fortunately, they do. And they'll give you your money back. They've got a money back guarantee. They sent me a care package today. I got the wipes in the package. I got, there's a cream for your package that keeps that all nice and dry. It's not like baby powder that gets everywhere. It's just kind of a rub on lotion, put it wherever you need, stops the sweat. So go to sweatblock.com, go to Amazon, go to CVS, wherever you go. doesn't matter, but if you use sweatblock.com, use promo code locked on, get yourself a little discount. And once you're ready to take on the heat and it's okay to be sweaty, well, go fix that thing on your car that's been nagging you, all right? You go outside, you realize, hey, I can do this. I'm a man. I'm 40. We're not talking about practice. We're talking about the game. You're going to fix whatever it is. But then you realize, hey, wait a minute. I don't have the part. In fact, my wife told me to come fix this and I'm just here so I don't get fined. But you decide, hey, you're out there. You might as well fix it. And you don't want to go back in and tell her that you can't fix it. So you go to rockauto.com, you get the part, and they're going to have what you need. Phenomenal selection. Great prices. They get it to you quick rockauto.com. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, I think we have checked all the boxes of an FSU podcast today. We've hit Travis Hunter's praise and we've talked quarterback battle. So what else are you hearing from the scrimmage? What else has been top of mind and, uh, you know, on the edge of people's lips? Well, I think it's no secret right now that Max, you have a, you're a huge fan of the one transfer known as DJ Williams from the pride of South Florida, right? That's right. He apparently, I think everyone's been talking about it, had he's his best scrimmage overall, actually, his best practice as a Seminole since he's been here. And from what I'm hearing now also that he might be not pushing Jason Corbin for the number one spot, but I think he's going to get a lot more carries than we originally thought. I think he's going to get a lot more of those goal line packages. 
He's going to mm-hmm. be able to get a lot more of those pass catching downs you saw over at Auburn because remember him and Dillingham had that relationship. So I would see that DJ Williams actually is going to be he might surpass Lawrence Toffoli as our you know premier young back because he still has like what I think two more years or three more years after this. Yeah, that's right. He's actually at three. He's a redshirt sophomore because of the COVID year. So he was he did three years at Auburn, just got over to us. So he'll have three years with us, assuming he stays, which I imagine he would. He actually fun fun fact. He went to Sebring High School, and my boss in Congress, Tom Rooney, we represented Sebring. So, do you know who his uncle is? Who? His uncle is former Hurricane, I know, but Hall of Fame running back for the Indianapolis Colts, Edgerin James. That is some. I did not know that until just now. Yeah, dude, I I love seeing that. I mean, to me, it's like racehorses, right? You you see the pedigree from certain racehorses, and you're like, oh, well, it makes sense that if his father or his grandfather or his uncle won the Kentucky Derby, he's probably got a better chance than your average racehorse to win the Kentucky Derby. So yeah, I'm, I love I love when you hear there's a good pedigree. Now, sometimes it gets a little crazy. You get like the, uh, the Watt family where it's like dad played in the NFL. I think their mom was like a four-year Division I track athlete or something. All three brothers go to the league. Or it's, Christian McCaffrey, the same thing. Like with their, their dad's yeah, a Hall right. is, a, is a Super Bowl winning wide receiver. They're, I think their mom played volleyball, and every single one of them are running backs. They literally have a stable of backs in their house. Well, shout out. Uh, let's give a little shout out to CEO of the Florida State Boosters, Michael Alford. He played D one baseball. His wife played D one volleyball. Their their daughter played D one volleyball, and I think their oldest. He said he's about to be a senior in high school, and she's got D one level talent. So, yeah, that, that's awesome that his uncle is. Uh, I mean, it sucks he's a hurricane, but I'll take a Hall of Famer and I'll 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 leave him alone for being a hurricane. But that's good to hear that he had a great time. I mean, look, the one thing everyone wants to know, I'm sure, is okay, what are you hearing about the offensive and defensive line? Folks, we're hearing the same thing plus one. The one thing I'm really hearing is Dennis Briggs is apparently could be the guy. Like we don't know, because it's the Florida State offensive line. But we've been hearing he's having apparently a I don't want to say a magnificent camp, but the coaches are very high on him. And I think that when you've got coaches that are coaching for their job on the defensive side of the ball, just quite frankly, they're not going to you know blow smoke and create false expectations. So hearing them be confident about him really, I don't know, gives me confidence. Drake, are you hearing kind of the same stuff? Are there any any other players you want to hit before we uh, before we move on to the transfer news? Uh, Marcus Kushney, uh, apparently the Alabama State kids, just, you know, keeps you know grinding. He, uh, I don't think he played primarily with the first teamers that well, the, well, the players they had out as the first team um, offense and defense. But I think he, he apparently he dominated. He shows the extra uh, that extra burst off the edge that we really need. And I, I'll, I'm very excited to see him as a compliment to Jermaine Johnson, who I don't think played. And for being honest, I think we all learned from last year we don't want our best players playing because they will get hurt in the middle of a scrimmage that no one cares about and then no one's watching. So I'm actually very excited for our line in general. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think, let me make that a positive statement. I would support prioritizing load management over getting hit every day of the week and twice on Sunday. If you make it to the D1 collegiate level, power five, and you know if you can take a hit, you know if you can give a hit. Yeah, you don't want them to get soft and like never experience live bullets, but you don't need your quarterbacks out there getting hit to welcome him to college. Trust me, he's going to get welcomed to college the first time he gets popped on the field. Or, you know, look, you can do a one-on-one drill. You can hit a, I don't know, we used to call it wrap-ups. That's an unofficial term. But you can pop the shoulder pads without going to the ground and, you know, breaking collarbones and things like that. 
But Drake, before we go on, I got to hit you with the favorite segment of the people, the betonline.ag line of the day. Folks, we are so close to week zero. And if you don't know, week zero is one of Drake and I's favorite holidays because there's usually like one to three games. It's super chill. Two years ago, they had the Miami-Florida game during week zero. Usually there's some West Coast Mac, or uh, what do they call their Mac conference? Their Mountain version West. of the Mac. The Mountain West, right? It's basically the, basically the Mac of the West, the Mountain West, the MWC. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Drizzy, I got a great line for you because I think there is actually one decent matchup in this week zero. We have Scott Frost's recently put under the microscope Nebraska Cornhuskers going on the road to take on the Fighting Illini. Nebraska's minus seven and a half. But you get a little juice if you take that. You get them at plus 100. So not often do you see an underdog, or I'm sorry, do you see a favorite where you get a little action if you pick the favorite? How do you feel about that opening line? Yeah, whenever I see that, I immediately, I don't, that just is suspect as hell to me. Um, I already was on the, on the fence about Nebraska potentially, you know, losing this game. And I think the line also has moved. I think it was originally plus four and a half, maybe plus five and a half. I think it's moved a lot with the recent sanction news. I'm going to go with Illinois plus seven and a half minus 120. And I'll probably put two units on that and maybe do a little money line spring over plus 235. Yeah. Can I can I tell you something that may affect your opinion? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, they actually beat Nebraska last year, 41-23. So Illinois was not very good last year. They won two games. One of those was a three-point win over Rutgers, and then they beat Nebraska by 18. So I think you're pretty on the money. You have a lot of distractions swirling around Nebraska right now. I think you and I are both on the same page where we don't think Scott Frost is bad, but I'm not a believer in Scott Frost. I, I, I don't know. I think he's probably more legit than like a P.J. Fleck, but, you know, I, whatever. So I like that. Uh, Illinois plus 7.5, folks. Your betonline.ag line of the day before the season gets here. Go to betonline.ag, make an account, promo code locked on. Get a 50% welcome bonus or something. It might be more now. I don't know. They keep bumping it up. It could be 100% now. I saw something weird in an ad copy. I'm going to stick with 50%, but if it's 100, be pleasantly surprised. Betonline.ag, promo code locked on. All right, last thing we got to talk about, man. We got, uh, well, the reality is one of our favorite of the immortals or at least we projected him as one of the better of the immortals. Bam Moore, Brandon Moore, out of UCF, great three-year starter, devastating leg injury two years ago, had come back, decided to reunite with McKenzie Milton up here, and we've got news today that he will be leaving the program. Drake, I don't want to speculate on why. We know why. It's, it's personal stuff, and no one needs to know anything more than that, and I don't care to try to find out anything more than that. Uh, I completely That's agree. none of my business. It's not our business at all. It's not. Yeah. So what I do care about is we projected him to possibly be a starter. So what is this going to do to our, our depth chart project projections? So what's really funny is I actually, it's really funny. When we were doing our depth chart choices for like secondary, I didn't have Travis J as our safety. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's been playing a lot of cornerback throughout the past two weeks of practice. Maybe one of the big things now that Travis J is actually going to be one of our starting corners alongside like a Jarvis Brownlee and also maybe a Jamie Robinson because I think he's been playing a lot of nickel slot like you were saying. Okay, so then in, let's say it's a five-high look. You're in the nickel, so then you're gonna have Jamie. You're gonna have um, you're gonna have Brownlee. You're gonna have uh, Travis J. And then who do you have up top? Renardo Green. I have Renardo Green. Yep. 
Okay, and then who's that other safety playing in there? I'm trying to remember who we had. Akeem, honestly, Akeem Dent has been playing apparently lights out, and since he's moved back to safety from his freshman year, because remember he played safety his first year under Taggart. He actually played really well. The only problem he had was he couldn't catch the football. I think he led the conference and actually passed breakups, and the pass breakups were literally just off of his hands for surefire picks. Oh yeah, no, we talked about that all year last year. He was phenomenal at getting in front of the football, terrible at holding on to it. And like at safety, like I think he. And if you looked at – I don't know, folks, if you could do this much of a deep dive into FSU football. If you watch – I watched an interview of him like two years ago, 18-year-old obviously, and then seeing how he speaks now, you see the maturity level there is like has grown exponentially. And I think with a spot like safety where you're going to be commanding a lot of people to do, you know, go, your secondary would go where you want to go, I think that's someone actually you really do want back there. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a keen dent starting at safety. No, I, th- I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But I'll tell you what, we won't know until Sunday because I already know that this depth chart is going to be ridiculous. How many? Let's play a game real quick, and then we'll let the people get on about their day, even though I know that they will be sad to see us depart. How many ors do you think are going to be listed on the depth chart when it's released? And, folks, if you don't know what I mean by that, Mike Norvell started this fun thing. Maybe Taggart and Jimbo did it. I wasn't paying attention back then. Where he likes to drop the depth chart – with like five names in one position, it just says, or, or, or. It's highly unhelpful, which is good because it probably confuses the other team. But Drake, how many do you think we'll see all 22 positions? All 22 positions, so probably quarterback, running back, both tackle spots, two corner spots, one tight end spot, and probably also defensive tackles, so probably eight. Probably eight, yeah. I think that's fair. I would honestly say you're probably going to see at least one or at the safety spot too for for nine. But mm-hmm. I probably would take it off of both tackle spots. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll both say eight, and we'll see how it shakes out. But folks, tomorrow we are going to have an even better day than today because I am watching Jameis Winston right now absolutely carve up the field, which means I'm going to be super fired up to talk FSU football tomorrow. Although I guess I'm fired up to talk about it every day. So if y'all are fired up to listen about about it every day. Keep coming on back. We'd love to have you here at Locked on Seminoles. Keep helping us break records. Biggest week after biggest week after biggest week. And we will keep working harder to bring you better content after better content after better content. I'm Max. That was Drake. And this was Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody. Go Knowles. Had to do it for Dave. You know, I miss, I miss his voice. I miss your smell, Ron. You're so lame.